0: your daily cincinnati reds podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
1: what's up reds fans my name is jeff carr and you are locked on reds I hope you find the humor in that, and I hope you know the reference. Welcome in to the Tuesday edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. My name is Jeff Carr. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this daily podcast for your Cincinnati Reds. Today, we're going to recap a wonderful game, an unbelievable game for the Cincinnati Reds, in which they earned a series split with the San Francisco Giants. And then we're going to preview the next series as the Reds hit the road and head out to Oakland. But before we get to that, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on all the major podcasting platforms such as iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and Himalaya. Also check us out on social media on Twitter at Lockedonreds and at Jeff Carr with three F's. And then look us up at lockedonreds.com. We've got all kind of great articles up there, including an article about the greatness of Jose Iglesias and what he could bring to the table for the rest of the season, written by Clay Snowden. He does a very good job of painting a picture of how Jose Iglesias has played to this point and what he still has left to offer the Reds once Scooter Jeanette comes back, which still may be a while. We might not be worrying about that for a little bit. But let's start with uh, Monday's game. I don't know, I'm sure you have seen by now, that the craziness that was this weekend wraparound four-game series ended in a Monday afternoon game in which the first 18 minutes of the game was pushed back due to bees. That's right, bees infested the home plate area of Grand American Ballpark, and they were just buzzing. I mean, there were so many of them. I, they were catching them on camera very easily. There were a couple camera shots of bees just landing on the net behind home plate. It was <laughs> hilarious. And, of course, the great shot of the scoreboard that says, today's game has been delayed Due to bees, it's just a completely unbelievable scenario, and it's funny because I was reading. C. Trent Rosecrans had a great story in the Athletic of how they were able to corral the bees. There was actually a fellow who was going to set in section one twelve by the name of Jonathan Beers, who he was an apiarist, and then there was also a guy in the owners box who was a beekeeper named Dirk Morgan. They got together, combined forces, kind of like the Avengers of Bees for the city of Cincinnati, and they were able to get them all. I think it's said in the story that the bees finally settled down somewhere above Section 119, and they were able to corral the queen in a box, which was able to lure the rest of the bees into the box. It said that at the end of... The operation, you know, operation B retrieval. I could have thought of a better name there. Anyway, they had ten pounds of bees in a box. I don't know if you're scared of bees, but that sounds like the worst case scenario. If you're scared of a bee, like I don't mind them. I I really don't like them when they buzz around me. I don't blame the home plate umpire or any of the players for wanting to postpone. And it was. It was just hilarious. You know, I I got the chance that happened to be the game was starting on my lunch hour. And I, you know, flipped the TV on because I'm able to go home each day and eat lunch in my apartment. But that's neither here nor there. I turned on the television to see the game and it was delayed. And that was just hilarious. And then even more hilarity ensued as the Reds, you know, continued their offensive dominance. Let's talk about the Reds' unbelievable performance on the field. They scored 12 runs today. They beat the Giants 12 to 4 in the four-game series against the Giants. They hit 15 home runs in four games. As a team, they bat 280. I think up to this point as a team they're batting like 208 or something, you know. They flipped flipped eight there a little bit. And then They scored a total of 37 runs, just an unbelievable four-game set, and had they pitched a couple of times, you know, in Friday and Sunday's game, they'd have swept them for four games. But nonetheless, I think there's a lot of great things you can take away from this series. Sure, they had the meltdowns, but at the same token, the offense has come around, and the spark that we were all waiting for in Nick Senzel has, you know, it's not been overstated. The man has three home runs. He just started playing Major League Baseball on Friday. He already has as many home runs this season as does Joseph Daniel Votto. And he is just, he looks like a professional out there. He doesn't look like the kind of guy who's being overrun by everything that is being thrown at him. In fact, I I still haven't seen, I've been trying to Google, can't really find it on the Google machine, but whatever his jacket size is, we're going to get him fitted for a Hall of Fame jacket because he's going to be there, man. I'm telling you what, he's playing just phenomenally well as he's been brought up. He's got moved around the lineup a little bit, but today he hit leadoff and he had two home runs today and just a great start for his career with the Cincinnati Reds. And then also on the pitching side of things, Anthony DiSclafani looked pretty good. He did give up a few runs there at the end, and you know, a home run to Pablo Sandoval kind of tarnished what was a pretty decent start. But overall, a very good start for him. And then the bullpen closed it out nicely, allowing absolutely nothing to the Giants. And the Reds, you know, the biggest thing with, not only with the pitching giving up, the leads on Friday and Sunday, but also the hitting kind of, you know, they got up real quick on the Giants starters in every single game this series, and then they kind of went to sleep, and they didn't play counterpunch whenever the Giants came back and tried to, you know, even the score. Today they did that, and they did it in a big way, in a weird way. In fact, some of it was the Giants helping them to score more runs because in the sixth inning, The Reds tied a major league record for most hit batsmen in a game, a record that was set in 1893 by the Dodgers against the Pirates. I wonder if Clint Hurdle was managing the Pirates back in 1893. Probably not. But they hit four batters in an inning. And in fact, three of the batters that were hit by, you know, three of the Reds hitters that got plunked by a pitch in the sixth inning came with the bases loaded. So they were RBI hit by pitches. RBI hit HBP, you know, in the stat sheet. Got another little B pun in there. (laughs) But anyway, we'll take a quick break here on the podcast for Tuesday. We're going to take a look at the Oakland series coming up. And also... Some concerning statements that were made by one Rysel Iglesias. This offseason, the Reds began with the mandate to get the pitching. Hashtag get the pitching. They were coming into a situation in which they realized they hadn't been pretty good on the mound in a while, so they needed to go outside the organization to bring in talent to reinvigorate the team. That may sound a lot like your company. Are you looking to bring in talent? Are you looking for the best vehicle with which to get the talent to your company? I have a solution. ZipRecruiter.com. When you post with ZipRecruiter, they send your job to over a hundred of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience, and they invite them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. They know how to get the talent to your team. And in fact, ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80%, that's eight, zero, 80% of employers who post through ZipRecruiter get a qualified quality candidate through the site within the first day. That's right. Within the first 24 hours, 80%, that's four for five. That's Nick Senzel coming up against Giants pitching. just completely raking 80% quality candidates within the first 24 hours. And for my listeners today, ZipRecruiter has a free offer. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash LockedOn and you can post your first job for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. You're listening to the Locked On Reds podcast here on this Taco Tuesday. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to the podcast. I had mentioned earlier that there were some comments from Rice L. Iglesias that were a bit concerning. And if you follow me on Twitter, I shared it on Twitter and it elicited quite a few responses. I, I did get a couple that were opposing my point of view and I definitely appreciate that. In fact, I really enjoy reading others' point of views when it comes to different things that I post. And with this, I mean, it was very interesting to me because we all remember during the offseason, the Reds extended him. But in a way that they just basically bought out his arbitration years. But they basically gave him a raise starting next season. And the nice thing is it was a play by the Reds front office to make sure that Rice Iglesias isn't worried about his year-to-year performance and how it's going to affect each, you know, the figures each and every season. But it seems like he's still worried about that because he came out and said when he was asked by reporters about his poor performance as of late, he's not happy about coming in non-save situations. In fact, he even said specifically, you know, he says, you can see the other closers. They don't pitch in tie games. Iglesias told the Cincinnati Inquirer this I'm the only one who comes in tie games and I've given up homers and I'm losing some games. I feel really bad. I already have five losses, something that hasn't happened to anyone else in the big leagues. Five losses in the first month of ball, that shouldn't be like that. And I'm reminded of an old quote Comparison is the thief of joy. When you look around, at your peers who pitch on different teams and you compare yourself to, say, Kenley Jansen or you're looking at Felipe Vasquez and you're like, these guys are coming in in save situations only. Well, here's the problem with that thinking. During the offseason, after they signed this contract, the front office and even David Bell and Eric Johnson came out and said that they want to employ him Employ. They want to deploy him in the high leverage situations. That may not be in the ninth inning. That may be in the eighth. That may be in the seventh. That's not to say that they don't see him as their best reliever. They do. They see him as the guy that they need to shut down the high leverage situations in which the other team has a really good shot to score some runs. They want to rely on him to do that. Rice Iglesias is basically saying uh-uh, I don't like that. I don't like the way I'm being used. In fact, the quote from him directly in this Inquirer article says, you know, this is Rice L. talking, the way they are using me is horribly wrong. I'm not paraphrasing that. That is in quotes, word for word, the way they are using me is horribly wrong wrong. And I'm sorry, if you're a relief pitcher, you don't get to say that sort of thing, especially with Rysell Iglesias. I mean, granted, we like Rysell. We think that what he's done in years past is pretty good. But we're not talking about a dude who's got the kind of clout to come in here and say what his role is supposed to be. He's supposed to pitch the role that is given to him. If they want him to pitch the sixth, he needs to go out and pitch the sixth the 7th, 8th, you know, whatever. Insert situation here. If the manager calls on him to do that, that's what he needs to do. This isn't a situation where he's fighting for a contract. He's got the contract. I don't know what he's looking for here because if you're going to get some sympathy from fans, I don't think you're going to see much sympathy. Because when it comes to the high leverage situations that they've put him in, the ninth inning, like he's talking about, I'm not coming in in save situations. I'm coming in in tie games. Okay, so basically you're saying because I can't get the save, because that statistical category is without of you know it's it's out of my reach in this particular instance. I don't care that much. Is that what he's saying? Because that's kind of what it sounds like he's saying. Sounds like he is not all in on the plan that the Reds have for him, and that kind of reminds me of a much maligned pitcher whose first name sounds like a, a long hit ball, aka Homer guy who wouldn't go to the bullpen last year whenever they thought about maybe using him as a reliever. I'm just saying, you know, I'm not comparing Rice Iglesias to Homer Bailey here, but the words that they are saying sound similar. And it's something that he really needs to back up off right now because his performance does not back up any sort of, you know, it doesn't lead him to have any sort of of leeway here to be like, this is when I need to pitch. Because it just doesn't work that way. I'm sorry. I, I just I think that he's picked a really bad time to come out and become his own manager. Because it's not working. I don't know who's buying into this. I'm not buying into this. Kind of hope you see the whole picture here. Because... I get it. Some people said, you know, he needs to be thrown out there in safe situations. But you're you're also saying that, boom, safe situation only. There is no other point in the game where we can use Rysel Iglesias. He gets to sit on the bench until it's the bottom of the ninth or the top of the ninth and the Reds are up by one to three runs and it's a safe situation. That's the only time he can pitch. That is absolute garbage. It is a terrible way of thinking. If he is the best reliever on this ball club, he needs to be pitching in the most high leverage of situations. And like I said yesterday, with the way that he's been pitching lately, maybe they need to back up off that. Maybe they need to pitch him in some low leverage situations, aka not save situations. I kind of ran a little bit long there. I'll have a preview of the Oakland A's series up on LockedOnReds.com. So look for that. That'll be it for Tuesday's episode. On Wednesday's episode, we actually have a Locked On crossover. I'm going to get to talk with Sully Baseball from Locked On MLB. We're going to talk the start of the season. I'm sure he's going to ask about the bees, and it's going to be a pretty unbelievable conversation. So definitely make sure to listen to that. Make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Stitcher, and Himalaya. Check us out on social media at Lockdown Reds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs on Twitter. And then head on over to lockdownreds.com for even more content. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll talk to you tomorrow.
0: Hey Prime members, You can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon Music.